God gave me this message. This is the first, this is the fifth message in our series that is entitled Community Matters. At the beginning of this year, God gave us a theme, faith, family, and community. This is the last part of the theme. As we prepare to end this year, we're now in October. God says community matters. The first part of the year, we said faith matters. Then the second part of the year, we said family matters. And now community matters. It's bigger than you. Tell someone it's not all about you. Okay, it's about something larger than you, something larger, bigger than the Bible Way Church. It's not about our church, how big we can get or how great we are. God doesn't care about any of that. He cares about all of us working together. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 is where the text for today's message is found. We're reading from the New International Version, powerful reference of Holy Scripture, a message God gave me for this day and for this moment. Listen to the reading of God's Holy Word. Paul writes, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Mm. Let nothing move you. King James says, be steadfast, unmovable. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Now here's where the subject is lifted from. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And the church said amen. Amen. Before you sit down for the next few moments, I just want to speak to you from this subject. Look over at someone. Because of COVID, we don't hug and do all of that touch and all of that. Some of you still hugging and touching, but that's, 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 that's all right. So make sure you hug somebody who wants to be hugged. Okay, amen. But for the next few moments, just look at someone and say, not in vain. Clap those hands as you take your seat. Not in vain. Not in vain. As a long-time student of human behavior, I said earlier this morning to the congregation, don't get it wrong. I'm not an expert in anything. I'm a student in everything because students are always learning. Amen. Experts, most of them think they already know it. <laughs> but as a long time student of human behavior, I am convinced that one of life's most difficult struggles is the battle against hopelessness. Please don't miss this. 
hopelessness. That sense of feeling that what you do or who you are has no value. That's bad. It's a tool of the enemy. Hopelessness, I am convinced, is one of the worst things anyone can feel or have. Listen, it has been said that a person without hope or a person devoid of hope will eventually give up on their future if they haven't already done so. Sad commentary about our society is that there are so many people walking around without hope. Jesse Jackson in 1984 coined the phrase, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Barack Obama says hope and change. Hope is important. Hopelessness is a catastrophe. For anyone to feel that they do not matter and who they are has no value is really a tool of the adversary. I showed up this morning to declare and decree the devil is a liar. You matter. What you do matters. Amen. Listen, I believe that that this sense of hopelessness is not just because, and when, when God gave me this and I began to work on this message, God gave me this bullet point weeks ago I had to stop and think about it and just literally held my head in my hands and said Lord this is so true that this sense of hopelessness is not just because of what others think or do to us but perhaps it is more about what we think and do to ourselves. Can I preach? May I preach? The greatest enemy sometimes is the enemy within. Greatest enemy oftentimes are those internal demons, those spirits in you, that attitude that exists in you that you feel you have no value. And you walk around as if who you are does not matter. Can I say this again? The devil is a liar. Mm. When you feel as if who you are or what you do doesn't matter, listen, it not only negatively impacts your behavior, I would say to a lot of the teachers and the counselors and the educators, a lot of the children that you're dealing with with behavior problems have hopelessness problems. 
When they feel that their life doesn't matter, where they are doesn't matter, nobody cares about them, they don't have anything, ooh, you're going to deal with behavior issues. It not only impacts behavior, but it can negatively impact your physical as well as your mental health. A lot of the illnesses that we deal with today are dealing with spirits in us. Internal demons that we are fighting in us. It is so important that we work against the spirit of hopelessness. That's what they do every day. That's what they get up every morning to do. And when you do that and you are attacked by the media and you do that and you are attacked by the critics and we, they, all of us, sometimes, particularly those who do this, they are often attacked by people who've never done what they are doing. <laughs> I mean, you've got people who want to tell you how to do your job and they can't even do their job and I, sometimes I know I'm, I'm in politics I've dealt with this there was a time a couple of years ago I was fed up and somebody was telling me uh, how I ought to run my church how to do this I said how long have you been pastoring how, how long have you been at the state house it's, it's easy to give advice from the peanut gallery Amen. When you don't have to wake up every morning and put your hands to the plow and refuse to look back. We, we, we came this morning with this message to let you know that what the enemy says is not true. And we've got to stand and fight against this. Listen. My friend, uh, Dr. Donald Wright, who had been here several times from D.C., wrote a wonderful book that Bishop Jakes took his book and preached a message called Tonight We Wrestle, about Jacob wrestling with the angel all night long. Sometimes you got to wrestle with yourself. Sometimes you've got to say to the enemy, I'm going to get up and go to work, although folk are saying all they're saying and doing what they're doing, but I know I've got a greater cause with a greater mission. This is why, listen to me, this is why it is so important that we do all we can to encourage each other. Listen, I am sick and life is too short for us to be around negative people all of our lives. You don't know when your life is going to end. Look at some, if you're around a bunch of negativity, you need to change your environment. You, if folk can't encourage you, they don't need to be with you, okay? If folk are always saying things to bring you down, that's the wrong circle. Change your circle. We need to be around people who encourage each other. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. Now here's what God says. We need to especially, listen, encourage those who work behind the scenes, making sure that others are successful. Please don't miss this. I, I, I'm not talking about patting the Daryl Jacksons on the back. I, I don't need that. I'm a visible person. 
uh, I get more accolades than what I deserve. But there are a whole lot of people whose names you never know that make Daryl Jacksons look good. There are a lot of people that make you look good. There are, there are a lot of people who make sure that other people's lives are a success. The strength of any community, the strength of any organization are those unsung heroes who usually get little recognition but work hard to improve our communities, our schools, our churches. Those people that you never know. Listen, I don't know where my life would be if it had not been for a fifth grade teacher across the street in what was the Atlas Road Elementary School by the name of Jerry Hollis, who's still alive today, a retired educator, a science teacher, someone who was in charge of a drill team which consisted of young boys and girls marching and having open cadence. I was a fifth grade student with a speech impediment. Could not put three words together. You know it, Deacon Lumpkin. You and my uncle, you had been there to encourage me. I didn't think I could do anything until uh, Mr. Hollis and the late Miss Blakely, who taught English at Atlas Road, walked up to me one day and said, guess what? You are going to lead the drill team and by the way the Christmas play you're going to take the lead role I say I can't even talk they say yes you can we're going to work with you after school they worked with me Mr. Hollis says slow it down son articulate this word and this word and Miss Blakely taught me grammar and English and how to articulate in a drama presentation if it had not been for those unsung heroes you would not have a preacher or a senator or anybody else today so if y'all don't have any love for anybody join me and thank God for those who made it possible All of us have our stories of people who helped us, people who went out of their way. Uh, Mr. Hollis, God bless him. I helped to celebrate his 80th birthday a couple years ago, and I surprised him and went to his house to celebrate his birthday and said to Mr. Hollis, I will never forget you. I went to the funeral of Miss Blakely, and I stood over her casket and said, all the evenings after school, you took this stammering, stuttering, insecure young man and taught him personally one-on-one. I thank you because you were an angel sent by God. If it had not been for you, I don't know where I would be. Are there any heroes in your life that helped shape who you are? You owe God a praise for sending angels in your life. Give God your best praise. Listen, it is important it is important that these unsung heroes, and a lot of them work jobs and positions that some people just walk by and they ignore the fact that they even exist. But I thank God for it. Where would we be if the custodial staff didn't clean the school before we went to school? Where would we be if the cafeteria workers didn't get up early in the morning to prepare breakfast and food for some kids who that's all they have to eat? 
It makes a difference. Where would we be, Dr. Witherspoon, if we gave up on the kids who cannot speak English fluently and other people write them off and say that they are aliens and say that they shouldn't be here. It's up to us to put our arms around them and say you matter also because God says as much as you've done for the least of these, you've done it unto me. Look at somebody and say not in vain. It's so important that we encourage folk to know that what they do is not in vain. Listen to the text. May I take another 10 minutes and preach this text? Listen, listen to this text, this incredible text that the Apostle Paul writes somewhere between the years 55 and 56 AD. Why is this important? Because this was during the height of persecution of believers. It was also during a time when a lot of false prophets popped up. A lot of people who thought they could make money from Christianity. I'll say that again. A lot of people who thought they could make money from pimping your faith. Preach Pastor Jackson. You, you, you've got a whole lot of what I call spiritual pimps out there. Amen. Who say and do anything that they think you want to hear uh, just to move you. And so Paul realizes this. Paul realizes this. Uh, th this happened about seven or eight years before Paul's martyr execution on Nero's chopping block. Paul, who, who helped to establish this church in Corinth. He writes this letter to address some of the false teachings, uh, some of the problems that exist in the church of Corinth. In fact, some scholars refer to this epistle as the problem book for the problem church. <laughs> the book of 1 Corinthians has also been described as a treasure, truth, a practical Christian teaching which is demonstrated in chapter 15 where our text for today's message is found. Listen, Paul writes this to respond to those false teachers who were discouraging the believers. Listen to what they were saying and I encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter. The chapter deals with Paul's defense of the resurrection. It deals with Paul first establishing the fact that Jesus uh, died, was buried, and rose again. But he deals with those critics <laughs> uh, that said there is no resurrection who were in discouraging believers by saying to them, all your worship is in vain. All your work is in vain because when you die, you're dead and nothing else is going to happen. And Paul said, hey, that is not true. In fact, Paul deals with them in 1 Corinthians and he says to them in verse 1 and 2, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to those who receive it. In other words, I, I want you to know uh, that this gospel is true. 
And I want you to know that Jesus did die and he rose again. And he says, if he had not died, then our living is in vain. We of all people in the text are most miserable if there is no resurrection. And Paul goes on uh, to say, let, 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 let me encourage you. By the gospel, verse 2, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word which I preach. And then in chapter 15, for the next 56 verses, <laughs> Paul talks about the theology of the resurrection in very specific details. In fact, Paul becomes Paul the theologian. Paul displays his knowledge. Paul displays his expertise. He says, I want to let you know uh, that I'm humble and I don't brag on it, but I know what I'm talking about. And he talks about the resurrection and he tells them uh, that because Jesus got up, one day your family, your believers, you as a believer will get up. And so don't become discouraged. Don't think that who you are does not matter. What you do has no value. Don't think that all your living, all your working is in vain because God's got something better with your name on it. I feel like preaching to somebody. How many of you ever felt discouraged and God sent you a word and said if you can hold out just a little while longer. Paul writes in another epistle, be not weary in well doing for in due season you will reap a harvest of blessings if you faint not. Lay, wave your hand at somebody and say don't give up. <laughs> Tell them don't get discouraged. I know it gets hard sometimes but everything is going to be all right. Now listen to this text. Listen to this text. Paul writes this incredible passage. 1 Corinthians 15. Then <laughs> he saves the best for last. <laughs> Deacon Lumpkin Paul goes and writes verse 58. Listen to verse 58 as it is recorded in the NIV translation. Paul says, therefore... My dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Listen, there are three key brief insights that Paul shares in this one verse. And we're going to share them with you briefly and take our seat. Paul wanted to encourage these believers with these three key important things. And I submit to you that they apply to our lives even today. First thing that Paul said was to stand firm and let nothing move you. Can I say it again? Stand firm, having done all to stand. Stand. <laughs> Look at someone say, keep standing. Don't give up. Stand firm. When it gets rough, stand firm. 
when it gets tough stand firm when folk talk about you stand firm is there anybody in the house having been through all you've been through you can tell the enemy i am still standing and nothing shall move me how many of you been through hell and high water but you're still standing been through the storms of life but you're still standing dr witherspoon been criticized but you're still standing lied on but you're still standing somebody ought to give god your best praise if you've ever been through anything and god's been good to you tell somebody neighbor it hasn't been easy but i'm still here i'm still here not down but got up not back but kept going forward still standing still standing still still listen listen my wife can attest to this i told the story this morning at eight, you know I love talking about my grandchildren. So, told this morning at eight, uh, Sister Jennifer, my, my granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, Kimbrielle, uh, was seven years old, seven years ago. It was when the big storm came, the flood came, the wind came, and all of that. But we had just uh, recently brought her a clubhouse that was the apple of her eye. She cherished that clubhouse, kept her eye on it, uh, was very concerned, and the rain came. And she was with us and she said, Granddaddy, I don't think the clubhouse is going to make it. <laughs> and the wind came. And she said, I can't go to sleep at night uh, because my clubhouse is going to get knocked down. And I assured her, Kimmy, I think it's strong enough. Wasn't sure, but I think it's strong enough to withstand the rain, withstand the wind. She said, Granddaddy, are you sure? I said, I think so. She said, are you absolutely sure? I said, I think so. So we went to bed that night. Early that next morning, storm had passed over. Kimmy got up, ran downstairs, ran in my office, pulled the window shade up, looked at it. Clubhouse was still there. And she said, Granddaddy, I've got good news. I said, what's wrong? It's still standing. Is there anybody in here ever been knocked around, ever been rained on, wind blowed you down? But the good news is that you are still. Don't fool me now. Don't fool me now. Anybody ever been through anything and you're still here? Wave your hand at your neighbor, say, neighbor, after all, I've been through after all I've been through I've got a testimony that I'm still here sister Barbara you're still standing still standing may not be as strong as we used to be but I'm still oh y'all gonna make me preach I'm trying to get up out of here but somebody just one moment just 10 seconds stand to your feet throw your head back Give God your best. Wave your hand. 
in the air and say, still standing. Wave your hands and say, still standing. Who am I preaching to? Somebody. The enemy gave up on you. But look at you. Look at you, dog. Look at you. Still standing. Y'all better watch out. If a seven-year-old can look out of the window and say the storm is passing over, but it's still standing, that's your testimony. Here's the second key insight. Stand to your feet. We're almost done. Briefly. Second key insight Paul shares is give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Can I say something to all of you that work behind the scenes? All of our educators, teachers, custodial staff, administrative staff, anybody who does anything, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Here's the key to this. This point is give yourself, here's the key word, fully. God doesn't like lazy people. Amen. If you can't do it with your whole heart, if you can't do it with all you have, don't do it at all. Don't do it at all. Listen, I've been in business, started a business, ran a business, been in politics, been pastoring for 26 years. And you've heard me say this over and over again. I'd rather take someone with less credentials but a greater attitude than someone with all the credentials and lazy and full of themselves. Am I right about it? So the second thing Paul says Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And the third and the final one, as we prepare to end, listen to this. You see this screen on the board? There's a word that's highlighted, that's underlined. It says, no. Paul says, knowing that, you ought to know. You should be convinced. Look at somebody and say, you ought to know for yourself that your labor is not in vain. Don't let the enemy fool you. Do not be deceived by your emotions. You've got to know that what you do is not in vain. Because there will not always be cheerleaders. Am I right about it? Sister Gwen, there won't always be people who say good job. (laughs) But you've got to know. (laughs) Look at somebody and say, I know for myself that it's not in vain. Here's what David said when David lost everything in Ziglag. David said, I had to encourage 
myself in the Lord my God if there's nobody to encourage you encourage yourself say it's not in vain God has a reward for you to all of you who work so hard to shape the lives of our children there's a special reward for you it's certainly not the pay that we dictate at the state it's a shame it is a shame that the fifth assistant coach on a bad team makes more than the best teacher in the best classroom that's a shame can I say that again I ain't talking about y'all Gamecocks okay but the but the fifth assistant coach not the head coach not the first four but the fifth coach makes more listen to this than the best teacher in the best classroom but don't be discouraged know that God's got a reward with your name on it I got to go but eye has not seen ear has not heard what God has in store for you so don't give up never give in just know that all you do is not in vain and what you do is more than a vocation it is an advocation in fact it is a ministry it is a ministry because you're hating helping to shape someone's life. The altar is now open. There's a wonderful song that the choir will come with. It's an old song again, Pastor Mac. Florida Mass Choir said, be ye steadfast unmovable always abounding in the word of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. I like the words of the song that go and say, hang on in there. Look at someone and say, hang on in there. It's not in vain. Our worship leader, Sister Regina Skeeter, Sister Marsha Jackson, choirs come right now and lead us into this song. Will all educators do me a favor and just meet me at the altar? I want to pray for you. If you don't mind, if you work in any education, come on. This song is for you. Marsha sing clouds to mend my sky. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I search for hope and determination, 
Pray for everyone who works in our school system in any capacity. Everyone who works with our children in any capacity. Child care, pre-K, kindergarten, any capacity. Head start, amen. We want to pray for you because God told me to tell you it's not in vain. What you do matters. Thank you. Thank you. Stay encouraged. To anyone who works behind the scenes, making sure that someone else's life is successful, God says, it is not in vain. Hang on in there. Close your eyes, if you will. To those of you that are joining us virtually, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, to those of you that are here, if you have not made that decision and you want more information, you want to know what are the next steps, we have ministers and elders that are standing in the back, never to pressure you, but to talk with you. Listen, we decided a long time ago that our mission here at Atlas Road was not to grow our church, but to grow the kingdom of God. And if you accept the Lord as your Savior, if you are a better person and you never step foot at Bible Way, that's all right with us. Because the kingdom benefits from that this is not 
about church magnification. This is about God getting the glory. And so if you have not made that decision, we encourage you to do so. Close those eyes, if you will. Eternal Father, we thank you. Thank you for this fifth message in this series, Community Matters. Thank you for reminding us it's not in vain. I thank you for the Jerry Hollises of the world. Thank you for the Miss Blakeleys of the world. Thank you for others whose names we do not know to call, who've sacrificed their lives to make sure that young people like I was in the fifth and sixth grade, lives could be better. Ooh. Thank you for principles ah, like Reverend C.R. Neal, who took a young child insecure and said, you can be anything you want to be, and we're going to help you be it. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you for those that work in administration. I thank you for Craig Witherspoon. I thank you for Dr. Brazard. I thank you for others that are here. Thank you for the principals and the teachers and the others. Thank you for the school board members and others that are constantly under attack for just trying to help others have a better life. Remind them that what they do is not in vain. And Lord, to those who don't know you, God, we encourage them to make you their choice on this day. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. And everyone that loves the Lord said amen. Come on and tell them again. Yeah, come on, quiet and tell them. Look at somebody and say, hang on in. Listen, just before the benediction, we want to thank you again, but I want to remind you of our vision offering. Two years ago, God gave us a plan to build a children's and youth zone, to do other things that are on this campus, to renovate Wellness Center, uh, to partner uh, with developers to build houses. God gave us a plan to do all of that through a $7 a week vision offering. And I want to say thank you. I'm not here to beg. We'll never call your name. We don't publish the names, but we say thank you. I want to tell you one story before the benediction. And I'm glad the school administrators from District 1 are here. One of the most encouraging things that happened to me was over a year ago. One of our deacons who works as a teacher at Sanders Middle School would bring every week or once a month an envelope from a lady who I had never met. And she would put $7 a week cash in the envelope. She was a cafeteria worker, cafeteria worker. 
and she knew he went to Bible way, Mother King. She stopped him and says, I listened to your pastor on the radio. I want to sow into that vision. And, and he says, if he misses her, she would track him down. Just last week, she said, I've missed a few weeks. And she gave like 57 or $58 in an envelope. Every week, a cafeteria worker sold out of the limited amount she has for the future of the children. I told my wife, I says, that challenges all of us. I said that to encourage you, but to challenge you. Every deacon in this house, every minister in this house, every choir member, every musician, everybody. If this lady who had never stepped foot in Bible way, never stepped foot in Bible way, says, I'm blessed on the radio. Take my $7. This is for the children. And I say to her, thank you. Thank you. I say to all of you, thank you. Keep trusting God. Very soon, we're going to break ground on that center. Very soon, we're going to break ground on other things that God, you see what God is doing around this community to God be the glory but all of that is possible because you trust God and from me to you thank you for trusting God thank you for believing that the future can be better than where we are now thank you for believing that every generation goes higher and how you to all of our educators thank you for coming we've got a special gift for you in the hallway again to our administrative staff from district one thank you for coming choir takes us out clap those hands everybody and tell god that your labor not, come on come on hang on in there oh, hang on in there stand to your feet for the benediction those hands we remind you of Tuesday night Bible study of the book of James we're in the third chapter of the book of James come be with us for Tuesday night for one hour one hour only let God bless you through his word now may the grace of God the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit may he rests with us may he abides with us may he walks with us Lord as we end this service we want to remind once again all of our educators that what they do is never in vain. You have a special reward for them. Bless us until we meet again. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. And the church said amen. And the church said amen. And the church said amen. Each of you for tuning in.
joining us for our broadcast. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you're moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website, that's bwcar.org.